welcome to the podcast on the mount where we talk about jesus discipleship and community let's go Adam and I decided to look at the local Christian scene in Ghana, at some of the things that are happening around us. And one of the things that we've come to notice is the use of the word kingdom and kingdom business and kingdom work. We do know that the Lord Jesus Christ also taught us to pray in a certain way. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, we want to try to look at this, look and compare. So, this kingdom that we talk about, the whole concept of kingdom business that we talk about in our Christian circles, and then what Jesus talks about when he prays, when he says, Our Father who art in heaven, are these the same thing? Are we talking about the same kind of kingdom? So, together with my co-host, this Mm. is what we are going to talk about today. Yes. And uh, please join us and hope you have fun and learn something from us mm-hmm, also. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Adam, what exactly does this mean, this term kingdom, this whole kingdom business? What, what mm-hmm. is it about? Okay, so just recap, we've actually uh, had a, um, a podcast on this before, uh, episode four. We talked about Jesus and the kingdom of God. Yeah, okay. So yes. you might find some of what you are going to talk about in that uh, episode as well. But obviously we want to expand that discussion a bit more because of how many Ghanaians are using the word kingdom and Amiahini and all these kinds of things. Okay. So, um, I think first we want to, we want to start it off by looking at what the whole idea of a kingdom is. A kingdom is typically a place within which a king exercises his rule. So, we used to have you know, the kingdom of Great Britain. Yes. Uh, I mean, as it stands right, the Kingdom of Great Britain represents uh, uh, Ireland, uh, Scotland, and England together. And it is ruled over by a, currently a queen. So maybe we should call it a queendom. <laughs> but um, uh, that domain is where she rules, and what she desires is what happens within that, that kind of domain. So that's what we mean. That's at the most basic sense. It, it describes a king having a, a, a rule over a certain territory, mm-hmm. and okay. the, the 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 term "kingdom of God" is then describing God's rule over a certain territory, and you see that most clearly in when uh, David is 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 recorded as talking about his sons in in First Chronicles twenty eight verse five. He says that of all my sons, and the Lord has given me many, he has chosen my son Solomon to sit on the throne of the kingdom of the Lord over Israel. Hmm. So what it, what it points out to us is that the kingdom, is he's saying the throne of the kingdom of the Lord over Israel. Okay. So that the kingdom belongs to the Lord, a.k.a. Yahweh. But um, he appoints a human person, human ruler to rule over it. In this case, David. Mm-hmm. And then he wanted to pass on the rule of the kingdom to his son now, Solomon. So, in biblical terms, at the heart of the matter is that the kingdom belongs to the Lord. Hmm. 
belongs to Yahweh. Right. And, and this kingdom is the... It's, okay. So that this, yeah, so so this, this, this is kingdom is referring like, to but, but Israel. David, but David was king of, of over Israel. So David was king of Israel. Yes, he was. So the manly king over Israel, but then Israel belongs to God. That's exactly. Ah, so that m means that ultimately the kingdom actually belongs to God. But then he, he, he delegates rule over that mm -hmm. to his... Uh, what we later on call the son of God, the human person who rules on behalf of God. Okay. Yes. So, um, but why? It brings me to this question. So, then it, I mean, I can presuppose then that it, it means that we as Christians are ruled by, we as Christians, right, have God mm -hmm. who is our kin. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, there is some business that we need to do, and therefore, we call it kingdom business. Unless, unless we are saying that they they don't mean the same thing, or there's some abuse of the terms, or something of the sort. So, so what yes, is that there, there, happening there, here? if if we are defining kin, uh, business as in work that needs to be done, yes, or what business actually meant in its original sense, which is busyness, being busy about something, yes, yes, then definitely there is work. For the kingdom, because every kingdom has subjects in it, you know, by its nature, every kingdom has a territory over which the king rules. Yes, it has subjects over whom the king rules, and it has laws which dictate the life, or how life should, how subjects should live life in that, in that territory. Uh, territory. Yes, and finally, it needs to have the king who is ruling over that territory. Hmm. So, if if when we say kingdom business, we mean those things, then yes, we are we are we are in line with what scripture says. Though I doubt that that's what most people mean by kingdom business. What do most people mean by this kingdom business? Uh, typically, <laughs> they are referring to the idea, um, the idea that somehow. Christians are supposed... It, it, it's, it's linked to the prosperity message. Okay. Where Christians are supposed to rich, be rich somehow and use, quote-unquote, some forms of biblical principles. But Sometimes Christians are supposed to be rich. Kingdom principles hmm. to be able to uh, run businesses or whatever and become rich. So okay. that by applying these quote-unquote kingdom principles, you will then be successful in life. Okay. And the, most of the time, they derive these kingdom principles from everywhere else apart from Jesus Christ himself. So it behoves on us to focus the subject on what exactly the kingdom of God is about. And what is the manifesto of that kingdom? So that if you say we should live by kingdom principles or do business by kingdom principles, then we can place our hand directly on what the real substance of the matter is. Well, it seems to presuppose that Christians shouldn't be rich. But there again, uh, I, I, I think that we've talked about a number of, we've touched on a number of these things in other yes, podcasts yes, yes. before. Yes, yes. About Christianity and about wealth. Mm -hmm. But okay, you, you go ahead. Mm. Yeah, so that is essentially what defines what the kingdom of God in the biblical terms is. Jesus just seemed to have just jumped on the scene and started using the term kingdom of God. 
And so people don't realize that the term existed in the Old Testament before um, Jesus started using it. Okay. So I think that we see that um, in multiple places in the Bible we have some some record some record of words like the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. and then somewhere we say the kingdom of heaven. Mm. Um, what's the difference? What's What's the difference there? Um, there actually isn't any or, difference. Or what's the you know, similarity? I mean, think about this. Um, sometimes you write, a, 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 um, or sometimes you hear in the news saying that the White House has announced that so so and so and so and so. You hear me? Mm-hmm. Or the Flagstaff House has announced that so so and so and so. What we actually mean is that the President of the United States has announce this or that. Or the president of Ghana, when you say Flagstaff House, has announced this or that or the other. So it is a when we say the kingdom of heaven, it is a euphemism. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a way of referring to the one who, who dwells in that place. Hmm. Okay. So when you say the White House, who is the most important person in the White House? Who is the one that, who has the, authority? The president. The White House? It's the president of the United yes. States. And the same thing for us. Um, who is the uh, 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 who dwells in the Flagstaff House? Is is the is the the president of Ghana? Hmm. So um, w- the term "Kingdom of Heaven" and "Kingdom of God" are actually interchangeable, and you find this most clearly when you look at um, uh, Matthew's usage in the Sermon on the Mount. In the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Matthew says, "Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven." Right, mm-hmm. but in Luke, in the Sermon on the Plain, he said, "Blessed are in Luke chapter six verse twenty, he said, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God.'" Obviously, Jesus is giving the same sermon, although recorded in different times. So he's talking about the same thing. So you can, in language, you can always use the location of something to refer to the thing itself, hmm. and it's all okay. over the Bible like that. Right. So it's Matthew, to be, to be fair, Matthew most of the time refers to the, 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 the kingdom of God as kingdom of heaven. He's the only one who does that. But Luke and John and, and, uh, and uh, Mark and so on, they use kingdom of God. Okay. Yeah. And then there was, there was something else I was thinking about. So sometimes we also see... Uh, something like um, and Jesus saying something like so when when I go back to when I go to my kingdom Mm -hmm. and then sometimes he says that but the kingdom is here Mm. so the kingdom is here and then sometimes he also refers to the kingdom as though it's in the future yes so in the in the kingdom to come so he uh, mostly he talks about it in terms of the kingdom being here and also the kingdom to come Uh Uh, that's what I mean yes sometimes in the age to come when all things are restored, some I think in somewhere in Matthew 19 he does that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he speaks of it in both a future way but also a present way. Okay. And that is because you see them, the the kingdom of God was supposed to be the 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 people of uh, Israel experiencing God returning back to be with them. And when I say this, I'm saying this because for the 
for uh, let's say for 500 years before the time of Jesus Christ. The first 70 years of that 500 years, the Jews were carried off to exile in Babylon. Yes. So they were like, this could only happen if our God had abandoned us. This could only happen if God, Yahweh, has abandoned the, the temple and his, his people. Mm-hmm. So there was, the, so while they were in exile, they came back, but they were still, they lived under, uh, or the, the Syrians, they lived under the Greek rule. And then even finally, they, they were even in the time of Jesus Christ, they were living under Roman rule. Yes. So there was always this sense that God needed to come back and be their God again. Mm-hmm. And, in, I mean, and, and, and defeat their enemies and give them independence and freedom. So in that sense, they were expecting the reign of God again because somehow God had ceased reigning. God had ceased ruling over the world. Mm-hmm. So they were expecting that God should reign and establish his authority again. And they being his chosen people, then God re-establishing himself would liberate them and punish those who, uh, uh, let's say, who, 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 who oppressed oppress them. Yes. yes, who oppressed them. Mm-hmm. So that, that's... Uh, that that's a period. So that, during that waiting period, there was a lot of usage of the language of the kingdom of God and the restoration of the kingdom of God. Hmm. So when Jesus came in, he just went off, uh, you know, went around saying, "Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand." Hmm. You, you get it. Yes. And so he he go he was basically saying he is the inauguration somehow of the kingdom of god he's bringing that kingdom which they were all waiting for to pass so it means repent the kingdom is here yes the kingdom is here it is here right now it is yes mm-hmm. and you see you remember the things i said about um the a, a, a king i mean the characteristics of a of a kingdom of a kingdom yes so yes. the first thing about a kingdom is that there must be a king uh-huh. And mm-hmm. so, just like David talks of Solomon, or even of himself, but David talks about Solomon being king, mm-hmm. uh, uh, sitting on the throne over the kingdom of the Lord over Israel. Basically, the kingdom belonged to the God Yahweh, but he was appointing David and his descendants to rule on his behalf. Mm-hmm. So, in the same way, Jesus was announcing himself as the chosen king through whom the kingdom of God was being brought onto the earth. Okay. So, onto so, the earth. Yes. Not, brought, not, not Israel this time. Onto the earth. He was bringing it to Israel with the goal. With, it had a wider goal than just Israel. But okay. at least he, he was bringing it to Israel to benefit from it. Yeah, so, that's why Jesus can speak of the kingdom as present. Because he was more or less the beginning of the presence of the kingdom on this earth. Okay. But he also spoke of it in future in future tense, because he believed that um, there would be a future uh, full realization of that kingdom. So it, it began now, but then there would be a future completion of it, of a sense. Okay. Yes. So. But, uh, then, I, I, okay. so if Jesus came and he presented 
something about a kingdom now mm. and a kingdom future. Mm. But if the kingdom, the concept of a kingdom is, and how the people of Israel thought about the king and the kingdom was mm-hmm. that they would be free from their oppressors. Yes. But when Jesus, Jesus came and Jesus left and they were still being oppressed. Yes. So how does that, what, which part of that, what, how does that fit in into this whole kingdom context? Yeah, so you have a, a case where the people of Israel had a particular expectation of the kingdom. Yes, and also and because Jesus, he didn't come fighting and bearing arms and coming to overthrow the yes, Romans. Yes. So how, how do we consider that a, a kingdom per se? Mm-hmm. So what, what um, the, the, the people of Israel had a particular expectation of the kingdom. Yes. Part of it was that there was a, a period... You know, before Jesus Christ, and even after Jesus Christ, there are about 15 different messiahs who came about. Now, what, what did they all come to say? They all came to say that through them, the kingdom of God was coming. Okay. And that involved, in one way or another, removing the enemy. Yes. Now, the most, quote-unquote, successful of these uh, messiahs was the Maccabians, the uh, Judas Maccabeus. Yes. And many people may not know uh, this history, but there was a time when uh, Maccabeus and his brothers were able to lead the Jews to uh, have independence through actual violence, you know, fighting against the Syrians. Mm-hmm. So they overcame the Syrians. And so for, let's say, I think about 100 years or so, there was freedom. So, and unfortunately, the Romans came and shut down, <laughs> shut them down and uh, uh, mm. brought them back into uh, slavery or slavery in their own land, more or less, again. So the expectation of the people of Israel was that, okay, maybe uh, Maccabi people, they tried, but they didn't bring the kingdom fully. So there's still a greater expectation of some other enemy, who, or some, some other leader who would come Amazon. and set us free. Fully, finally, yes, finally. Hmm. So the, the, their the, uh, their idea of salvation wasn't just simply getting their, you know, fixing their spiritual state, if you want. It had to do with their physical state as well. Hmm. Now the problem was that Jesus was <clears throat> uh, the people of Israel missed a certain important thing in in. in uh, uh, the Old Testament expectations about, about Yahweh. Because Yahweh was not just Israel's God alone. He was God of the whole world. And he had always, even the prophets had expressed the fact that when he returns, this time he will not only be the God of Israel, but he will be the God of even Egypt, Assyria, and all these people who had actually oppressed Israel before. When he returns, being the kingdom future. Yes, when the kingdom future, which they were waiting for then, okay. happens, when God returns to dwell with them, mm-hmm. he would bring in other people who were not Jews. Okay. But, so that was one of the strong emphasis that Jesus was bringing along, that we should love our enemy. He, okay. he was telling Israelites who were under oppression by, by the Romans that they should love their enemies. Why? Because in actual fact, both Jews and Romans and so on were all now 
under the same Lord, under the same king. Yahweh was opening the doorway for even the Romans to be accepted into his kingdom. Hmm. And that was extremely uncomfortable for the people of Israel because that meant more or less staying in the same old state of slavery or something of the sort. But Jesus was offering them an opportunity. This is what he called the way of peace. Because he knew that if they were going to continue down their way of resisting Rome, it would bring destruction upon them. You and need to, it you, actually did happen. You need to clarify something for me. Mm-hmm. So, we say that there's a kingdom future to mm-hmm. come. Mm-hmm. And in there, the king will come and dwell amongst his people. Mm-hmm. Come and dwell amongst us. You mm-hmm. mean on earth, here. Mm-hmm. But again, we are talking about something, the kingdom of heaven, mm-hmm. slash the kingdom of God. Yes. Which pre... Which states or shows that there is a place called heaven mm-hmm. or there is a heaven mm-hmm. and i think even jesus christ he left he said he was going back to his father mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. he also made statements like in my father's house there are many mansions blah mm-hmm. blah, blah blah and these all presuppose a different place a heaven mm-hmm. and for which many christians have a certain hope mm-hmm. that this world is not for us that this world is going to be destroyed mm-hmm. and then we are going to this heaven. Mm-hmm. So how do we reconcile that with this concept of the kingdom future and a ruler coming down to come and, you know, dwell with us mm-hmm. when our focus is on heaven mm-hmm. or a heaven, which is a different place or at least from our understanding of what it is, mm. a different place. At least we saw, well, the, 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 his disciples saw him ascend, leave, mm-hmm. when he was going. He mm-hmm. rose up, he went mm-hmm. somewhere, which was mm-hmm. not this earth. So how do we reconcile this? Okay, so part of our problem has been that um, there's a, been a bit of a misunderstanding of what we mean when we talk about heaven and the hope of heaven. So when you were speaking, you said that the, the 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 disciples saw Jesus going up into heaven, um, or which, at least from the movies we see. Yes, I mean, yeah, it, it actually. <laughs> that, I mean, that's what the scripture actually says that Fine. he did go up into heaven, into mm-hmm. the heavens. Okay. Now we need to remember um, um, which is his father's house, or not? No. I don't know. Hold on, we need and, to remember something, and. Um, when Jesus is going up to heaven, what is happening is, you know, when he, we read um, Matthew 28, where he's giving the Great Commission, mm-hmm. uh, he says, go and make disciples. All, all power and authority has been given unto me. Okay. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, and baptize them in my name, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I will be with you to the end of the ages. All power and authority has been given to Jesus. So when he goes to heaven, is he going to sleep and cross his legs and, you know, wait for the Father to do what he wants to do? We need to understand that all, what Jesus is, mm. is, is, is saying is power and authority has been given to him. So he is going to rule the world. Okay. You get me? Mm-hmm. But he's ruling it from God's abode, from God's dwelling place, which is in heaven. Mm-hmm. You hear me? And he's doing it through two things. The Spirit of God that is going to be at work 
in his disciples. So the Spirit and the disciples the are Spirit. together. Yeah. Okay. The Holy Spirit and the church, more or less. Okay. So, but part of our problem has been that one, we assume that Jesus is going to heaven to go and relax and, and so on. Or that, oh, that heaven is, is he's going some... To prepare. He said he's going to prepare. Y- yes. Uh, in, in my house, there are many mansions, uh-huh. so I go to prepare... Yes, but that. that, So what does what does all that? So, so we there is a there because we already have an assumption that the kingdom of heaven is about we going to heaven. Mm -hmm. That's why we are reading Jesus Christ. That we are reading those passages in the Bible, thinking Jesus is going to prepare a place for us so that we go there and relax there. Hey. Well, if that's but, what is, then then what is it? <laughs> um, the, the, see, the the idea in scripture is that the kingdom. Uh, let's remember, Jesus said, uh, um, "Thy kingdom come." Mm-hmm. And when he said that, he wasn't in heaven; he was on earth. So God's kingdom should hmm. come, kingdom and come. His will, will be, be done, done on, on this earth as it is, as it is in, in heaven. heaven. We hmm. need to view the kingdom of. We need to view heaven and earth as intertwined as heaven is the place where things happen so that those things are expressed on earth not heaven is totally separate away from earth i hope you get me so heaven is like the engine room when we die our souls will just fly yes heaven is like the engine room where things are being prepared things are commands are given and so on so that those things that are being prepared and those commands that are being given and whatever is being placed has an effect on earth. So heaven mm-hmm. is not a vacation place. It's a place where God dwells so that he has an effect on earth. So when Jesus says, uh, in my father's house, there are many mansions, mm-hmm. and I go to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you'll be with me. Then we see Revelation 21 says, and, uh, and uh, we see a new Jerusalem. Coming down from heaven onto earth, we see a new heaven and a new earth, and a new Jerusalem coming down from heaven mm-hmm. to earth. So it's always been that what God desires is prepared in heaven and revealed on earth. Hmm. Okay. What God desires is prepared in heaven and revealed on earth. So if you say we are going to be, yes, we are going to be with Him, but who says that the city He is building? is going to stay in heaven. When Revelation 21 says, the city actually came down to earth. So, because we already have an, a certain an assumption that the Christian hope is about dying and going to heaven, when we see Jesus talking about, oh, uh, uh, what I'm going to my father's house to prepare a place for you, we assume he's preparing it so that we will go there and go and live there. And so that we will throw this earth away. But that's not, that's not, what, the, that's not what scripture is actually pointing out. Okay. And I know we are very familiar with that thinking. And we need to seriously reorient our minds on that again. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Podcast on the Mount. You can ask a question, make a comment, or just reach out to us on our Facebook page, Podcast on the Mount, and on Twitter at Podcast on the MNT. Goodbye.